This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, programming beats, or building tracks, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They post 10 new multi-track drum loops on their website every Monday at noon. Each loop is available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And the best part is, every loop is only a dollar. And for listeners of this podcast, they are offering an additional 10% off of your first purchase when you use the code MUSICSTUFFSHOW at checkout. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S.com, for 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we talk about adding more people to your business. We pick apart a few crucial members of your organization, discuss what pieces you really need, and we take a look at how to go about finding them. Please enjoy this episode of the Music Stuff Show, building your team. Welcome back to the Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I'm Tom, and with me is Vance. What's up, dude? Hello. <laughs> Close to the normal hello, but not quite. It happens. It's shortened it up. It's a new day. A new hello. <laughs> a new hello. Ah, that could be like an inspiring book title. Or it could just be a trendy t-shirt. Another day, another hello. <laughs> another some hello. Clouds on the cover. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm envisioning a Tumblr post with mm. some really pretty photographic background. Does Tumblr still exist? Oh yeah, it's still a thing. Does it have a thriving community still? Mm. I imagine it would if it's still going. Hmm. Good to know. Yeah. You ready for so, today's fact? I am. Hit me with it. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> It actually takes 142.18 licks to reach the center of a Tootsie Pop. Good God. Point 0.2? Is that what you said? 142.18. Point 0.18. How does the point 0.18 come into factor? I don't know. I kind of want to test it, though. I feel like if your tongue touches it, that's a lick. I don't know. Is it point 0.18 of the surface of your tongue has, has touched it on that lick in particular? I don't know. I guess it's like a. Do they have a lick machine? Is it like a full swipe vertically, maybe? Because I don't feel like you. That reads to me like they didn't actually lick it to test it. It's, it reads to me like they calculated the density of the candy versus the breakdown in the compounds of your saliva and that's did an so equation. That's boring. Yeah, that's lame. <laughs> no one cares. It's not an actionable test. Worthless. Dumb. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Tom? We <laughs> today we're going to talk about some music stuff. Uh, we're going to discuss building your team, and should you? Yeah, should you? And if you should, when should you? And if you should, and when you should, who should you add to your team? So this is, uh, I guess, we're working from the perspective if you're a band or an artist. Um, if you're a, a a side man or a studio session player or something like that, odds are you're probably not going to have a team. You, if you, you know, if you're busy enough, you might end up adding somebody to help you manage your time, um, your scheduling and stuff. But for the most part, we're probably talking about bands and artists and potentially, I would say producers as well. Really busy producers need to have a team. I think the principles um, stand for most people. Yeah. Let's give some context, though. What's a team? What does that mean? Uh, so I, I would say your 
your main pieces for a team are going to be a manager. Um, that's your day-to-day operations. They're going to help you stay organized. Uh, band artist booking agent is a pretty critical one. Business manager uh, slash accountant. Uh, a business manager, I think, is a, a fancy way of saying accountant for a lot of people. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. What else? I feel like I'm missing one. Am I missing one? What did we say? We got... Uh... Manager, booking agent. Book, manager, business manager, business manager. Um, this is, I mean, you've got tour specific people as well, but we'll get into that. I mean, you're going to have like a tour manager and a production manager and things like that. But I think that's, I think that's going to be lumped into a different conversation. This is a, yeah, I think everything else that comes to my mind kind of stems after the main yeah. pieces and things grow. Yeah. I think eventually someone that probably oversees like anything visual that mm-hmm. goes in front of an audience. Yeah. Like whether a, that like be like a marketing manager or something even. Yeah. Like a marketing Content manager. Yeah. Sort of thing. But that usually is a little bit down the road. Yeah. Um, yeah. In terms of aligning your brand on all platforms, whether that's mm-hmm. merch and social and yeah. live. Yep. Um, but we digress. It's a little ahead of the game. The main people starting out, <clears throat> or at least the first pieces I feel like I hear indie bands say that they're looking for is they want a manager, they want a booking agent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think could be argued for a team if it's uh, mutually beneficial, want a producer that feels more than just a hired gun. I think some people want that. Yeah, I, I've found that a lot of a lot of the bands I like um, have built the the foundation for successful careers by working with the same producer um in at least the first two commercially successful releases that seems to be a strong play i think there's a definite definitely a good argument for that because uh you're able to kind of double down on what worked the first album cycle around and grow and add to that as a team including that producer and once you've once you've established a, a successful sophomore release, then then you get into the territory where you can start taking a few more liberties with your sound. And that's when people start exploring new producers and things. But I, I do think in the beginning, I think uh, a good producer as a part of your team is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and to be clear, for anybody that's just starting out, uh, how would you define a producer, Tom? I know I have my thoughts. I'm curious what those are. Uh, I've always thought of a producer as sort of like the football coach. Mm. Um, He's not, he's not the team. He's not on the field uh, handling the ball, but he has a crucial 30,000 foot view of what's going on uh, with the program and helps to guide the program along to success, both the program and the individual members of the program. So a producer is going to help you clarify your sound, um, what you're trying to achieve with the recording process, what kind of a record you're trying to create. And he's also going to help hone the skill sets of um, each of the members of the band. He's going to be tough on the singer, make sure you get a good performance. Same for the drummer, guitar player. He's just kind of all around polishing what you do and helping you get be the best version of it, I think. 
Absolutely. I think the football coach is a great analogy. The, uh, yeah, in my thoughts, it's always the person that is an outside voice that their goal is to direct the sound and vision of a song, EP, record, collection mm-hmm. of music, whatever you're doing. And they are the person that's there to help take your good idea to great. Yeah. Um, I think it's also super important just because they're an objective view. Yeah, and people underestimate this in the beginning. They're like an emotionally disconnected. They didn't write the song. Party. I mean, sometimes they do, but for most people's sake, if you're starting out and you are going to a producer, you probably showed up with songs. Um, yeah. So it's not their band. Sometimes it's not their music. They still want something to sound amazing, but mm-hmm. their piece of the puzzle is to help take something objectively to yeah. great and some noodly guitar part that you think is super cool and feels fun to play, they can objectively sit there and be like, that doesn't help the song because yeah. they essentially work for the song. And while you are the person that hires them, their job is to make the song be the best that that song can be. Um, but I like the football coach analogy. I think that part's cool. Yeah. So you say you need one. I'm not going to go so far as to say you need one. I- I think it is beneficial. Mm. Um, I think that it is not a necessity to clarify your sound. I think it's, I think if you are, there are scenarios where it may not necessarily be the best thing. If you are a songwriter, artist, and producer yourself, let's say you're, you're, you're like um, an EDM pop sound thing going on. part of your appeal is going to be making tracks, mm-hmm. producing tracks. Like you're going to have just as much uh, sellability as a track maker as you are as a singer, as a songwriter. So you're talking about like a maybe a trifecta of offerings there. In that case, it may not be beneficial to bring on a second producer if you're already a producer of sorts. If you are a, a five-piece folk band, I think it definitely behooves you. I, I really think that you're going to find more benefit hiring a producer when you have more than one person in your group. If and if you don't have the skill set required to make a record, uh, if you if you have the skills to record to make and record a record well, then I don't think you need a producer. Um, I think you can get the benefits of the independent third party that a producer would provide from uh, say a manager or something mm-hmm. like that you're going to get that opinion uh the disconnected opinion from somebody like that without having to pay extra money and spend extra time with somebody else's creative opinion in your work during the actual creating process but i think it's important for bands especially because you got five people with opinions and you really need somebody to to steer the boat to make sure you stay on task and to and to clarify um disagreements and mediate disagreements because you might if if you're let's say you're a four piece and it's fifty fifty we want this sound we want this sound well your producer can come in and break that up and be the the tiebreaker mm-hmm. that's an important role to play um and if you're an artist and you're say you're a singer and maybe you play a little acoustic guitar and that's it you're definitely going to need a producer mm-hmm. uh, if you don't know how to record yourself you don't know how to make uh, orchestrate songs and arrange songs like you're you definitely need a producer but if you are 
producing music and you know what you're doing and you're an artist, producer and songwriter, then no, I don't think you, you need one. Nice. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty, I would rank them in terms of most needing a producer to least needing. I think if you're a singer, songwriter, solo artist, Mm -hmm. you need an outside voice, whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Obviously, if you don't play instruments, you don't really have a choice Mm -hmm. and whatever kind of arrangement that looks like, you need somebody that can create music that you can't create. Yep. So for sure, if you're trying to be solo, you do. Yep. I think, I, I think maybe not necessarily if you're, if you're trying to be solo and you don't have the skills, you need a producer specifically. If you're trying to be solo and you do have the skills, you still need the outside voice, but not necessarily the producer label. Correct. If you have a trusted friend with a good ear, say that can serve that purpose. Correct. Yeah. I do agree with that. I think under that, the band territory depending on your skill level collectively can go either way because when you do have four or five people odds are the ability is probably there Mm -hmm. so as long as there is a voice of reason uh whatever that looks like whether that's a true producer whether that is respected opinions of the band that is an objective third party that can come in and be like hey i think you guys were wrong on this part and it was unnecessary Mm -hmm. or feels weird or you should Mm -hmm. change this and can have a proper sounding board, but can still keep it in house. Mm -hmm. I think that that can go either way, but you got to be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. and make sure that it's actually as good as you think it is and be willing to take criticism from whatever the trusted party is. Yeah. If you want to, I do think like you said that there is also the ability to have four or five opinions in one room. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you hit impasses that two different people of that group want two opposing things and mm-hmm. feel pretty strongly about that. And, yeah. And having the producer's voice of reason that goes back to their end goal is the song and less about your feelings yeah. of what you think is special. They want the song to be great as a whole. Yep. I think they do play a huge part in that piece. And then I agree. I think DJs, I was forgetting about them for a second, is a great example of at the end of the day, they're a producer to begin with. Yeah. And I feel like so often, not that some of them don't sing as well, but I feel like most producers and DJs are working with other singers on the first side. Like they they may even even be writing all the melodies and everything, mm -hmm. but just having somebody with the voice to to sing them. So if you're doing that, you probably don't even need this anyway. So yeah. go back to the studio and keep doing what you were doing. <laughs> but I do think if you are doing that, it is important to find someone that you can bounce the sounds, bounce the music off of. I think even if you never take their opinion, you're still going to get maybe something you haven't thought of before. And I think that's a really important thing. It's easy to get tunnel vision. And it's really easy to get too close to what you're doing. And it's nice to have somebody who's stepped who has a step back from it a little bit to, to just give a little bit of insight, I think is really helpful. Totally agree. Yeah. And it gives you accountability because especially if you are pounding away in your room with nobody telling you now, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's easy to believe your own hype. Totally. And you could be great. Like, but at the end of the day, having outside opinions, and again, that's not everybody. Like yeah. if your grandma hates EDM, 
Like, don't play <laughs> yeah. her, your track and expect her to be like, yeah. this is great, you know? I I've, I kind of liken it to, um, maybe, maybe this isn't a a great example right now, but Tiger Woods, I mean, one of, if not the greatest golfers of all time, has accomplished feats, always had a golf coach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he... He never didn't have a coach. Yep. <laughs> so he even when he was at the top of his game, he had a coach completely rework his swing yep. to get even better. So no matter how great you are, even if you're at the very top, you need somebody to help continue to hone you. 100%. To help continue to train. Like you can look at this as 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 training of sorts. Like you're gonna have an athlete's going to have a trainer or a coach. And just like that you as a musician need to have somebody who is helping to hone your craft and your skills yeah. in similar fashion. Justin Bieber tours with his vocal coach. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't yeah. matter how big you get yep. at the end of the day. Like if you want to perform on a high level, you have to train at the mm-hmm. highest level Yeah, to be able to play there. Yep. Um, so that's a producer. How do you find one? Oh man. Craigslist. No. Um, <laughs> I mean, you can. Uh, I think uh, a lot of finding the right producer is uh, <clears throat> is looking through um, through your relationships. Uh, somebody who's a recommendation goes so much further than just like casting a line into the into the ether and hoping to pull something back out. But that you can get it. You can look through your relationships. Also, uh, just simple like review system websites like uh, like SoundBetter.com or AirGigs.com. You're going to find people on there who've got lots of positive reviews. If somebody's got a hundred five star reviews, odds are they're probably doing something right. So probably worth taking a look at. Um, I think uh, the the main the main ticket is to find somebody you you, uh, you vibe with who speaks speaks your language, you work well with together. Um, and a lot of it is going to end up being trial and error. Don't, uh, don't feel like we, we, we hammer home pretty well, uh, consistent quality content. You're going to be want, wanting to be putting out stuff. You're going to want to put out stuff on a regular basis. So don't, don't feel like you need to hire one producer to make a 12 song record, hire one producer to make one song and see how it goes and put it out. And if you're happy with it and they're happy with it and it's a, it's good response from uh, your audience, however big they may be, then maybe you go for a second song. But if, if you get done with it and you think, eh, that's just not right. Even if it, everything was great, but you just gut feeling, you're like, nah, it's not my thing. No, no hard feelings, no sweat. Move on. Try somebody else. You definitely want to find the right fit. It's like looking for a best friend of sorts. Like you're not just going to pal around with anybody. You got to find somebody who gets your inside humor. Yeah. Just because somebody is a great producer doesn't mean they're a great producer for you. For you. Yeah. Um, any song ever, you could work a thousand different ways. You can take, that's why cover songs work. <laughs> yeah. You can literally take the same song and you could make a rock version and a pop version and an yep. EDM version and a reggae version yep. and whatever. Those pop goes punk records. Dude. Love those. I Britney love Spears those. With cut time tempo. hundred percent. But uh, making sure that whoever you work with is the right person for your vision. And that honestly is kind of the biggest thing that I drive home is like, 
while I believe you need the outside ear, you also have a vision and finding the right person that sees that vision and wants to elevate that vision to its greatest potential is better than someone that's just good because they're good at what they do. And mm-hmm. if you find the person that's just good at what they do, they're going to take your vision and shift it into what they do versus someone that sees the vision, sees where you want to take that and wants to take it farther than you could take it on your own. Yeah. Um, in terms of finding those people, I, I think if you're starting out and you're on a local level, I think there are, there's always going to be another local or regional band that isn't super famous that you're into that you like how their record sounds. And I would start there. Like if you know a band on your local circuit that their record sounds dope and you're like, man, my, what I'm trying to do feels kind of in the same family of this, you know, hit those people up and find out who produced their record. I think that's a a great launching point. Yeah. I think services are great. I think starting out, they're not the best move. Um, I think if you are at a working professional level to where you can do your job from where you are, it's great tools that can be awesome uh, and allows you to piece things together from any side of the planet. I think if you are launching and this is your first record that you've done, I I think the relational hands-on face-to-face side is really, really important. Yeah. Especially if it's new. Like if you, if you've never recorded, you've never done anything, you don't really know, uh, objectively what you do well, what you need to do better. Uh, I think the value of being in the room relationally, someone physically pushing you, showing you how you can do things better, helping you grow through that experience is pretty paramount. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, if you're local, like I'd find somebody and you don't need Max Martin, this yeah. If you could afford him, then you don't need to be listening <laughs> to our show. Uh, <laughs> Odds are that uh, if you outkick your coverage, something like that too, you're, you, you may end up with a product that sounds great. That's not what you like because you may rely too heavily on the opinion of the person that is producing for you rather than your own opinion about your own music. If you did hire Max Martin and he was in your budget and this is the first record you've ever made in your whole life, you might say, well, whatever Max says is the right thing because Max has made a bunch of hits. And while that may be true in a lot of the cases, Max still doesn't know what you specifically want and envision for your record unless you know how to adequately communicate that and feel confident in saying that. So if you're in the room with somebody like him and he says something and it's not what you're thinking, you may be apt to keep your mouth shut rather than saying what you really think because it's it's him. So I think there's something to be said for being intelligent about looking for a producer that is on a level that is either comparable to or maybe simply one or two steps ahead of where you are. Mm. Um, odds are a person like that is going to you're going to be able to meet them uh, on more of a peer-to-peer level uh, and be able to work a little bit better together. And also there's going to be the desire. Grow together. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is, is to grow together. They're going to want to, they're wanting, they're hungry, they're wanting to hustle and grow too. And if you can both do that together, then, and that's a total win. That's a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so that's producers. Yeah. 
Managers. Managers. What are they? A manager, a manager really is kind of the person, no offense to all you managers out there, but in many ways they are glorified secretary um, or administrative assistant, uh, your word of choice there. Uh, They are the person who is really going to help you keep your life organized. That's one side of it. The other side is that they're going to be kind of your public relations person at the same time. They're, they should be, first of all, no matter what, your manager should be your biggest cheerleader. Your manager should rival your mom's enthusiasm for your music. Absolutely. No question about it. If they don't, they're not right for you. They need to be so hyped on what you're doing that they can't stand it. Um, and then they, they're going to be creating opportunities for you, pursuing opportunities for you. They think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And so they want to tell the world about it and they want to get you out in front of as many people as possible. And they also want to help you maintain the a solid back end of organization to make sure you keep all of your opportunities uh, in the right place and are you doing things at the right time and you're where you need to be at the right time. And they're going to, they are going to be an integral part of your network. They are going if you get to the highest level, they're going to have their hand on every negotiate every negotiation. They're going to have a close relationship with every other piece of your organization, including your producer, including your business manager. They're going to know every dollar you spend and make. They are your right hand man or woman, and they are they are going to and should be irreplaceable uh, to your business. That's that's really the role of a manager. Yeah, I uh, I tend to look at them as a director of operations, basically. Uh, yeah, if you want to put a business label on it, um, it is easy for bands and artists to get into a founder mentality because it's your own project. And what I mean by that is like constantly vision casting and constantly stoked on new ideas and while that stuff can be good, it is also easy for that person or people to get very distracted Mm -hmm. and real excited about everything all the time. The same way that a producer, uh, helps keep that vision, uh, and end goal for a song. I would say that your manager is doing that for your brand as a whole. Yeah. Taking the, you know, the music element, your visual element, your live show element, they're the person that's kind of overseeing all these different pieces of your brand, which is what you've created, uh, and trying to keep those cohesive, trying to constantly help those grow with various opportunities, uh, but also making sure that that stays headed towards true north, Mm -hmm. Uh, keeping you accountable, making sure that you're not just sitting on songs, not putting anything out for, you know, 18 months at a time Yep, because you just weren't feeling it and (laughs) inspiration just hadn't struck. Yeah. Uh, So to me, that's kind of always uh, been my, my usual view of at least good ones, what they do. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Bad managers or something else entirely. But uh, I like director of operations. I think I'm going to rescind my uh, glorified secretary comment. mm -hmm. You put it much better than I did. (laughs) Uh, 
So please don't send me hate mail, all you managers out there. I love you. You're necessary. (laughs) You're not just secretaries. You're better than that. (laughs) You're better than that. You are directors of operations. Before we kind of dive down this route, I I do want to say a preface of the different kinds of people that you can have. I think a manager can either be one of the most beneficial or one of the most detrimental pieces of your organization. Mm -hmm. And we're going to unpack this in a second, but I do like to warn against the fact that I think some people want a manager to have a manager, but having the wrong manager can be far more detrimental than it is beneficial just to say you have one. Yeah. Don't, don't get a manager just to toot your horn and say, we're big enough for a manager. At the end of the day, that's more money coming out of your pocket and that's more chefs in the, in the kitchen. And unfortunately, while there are truly, truly awesome managers out there that do amazing jobs that, you know, I would be happy to work with in circumstances, there are probably 10 terrible, snake-like, <laughs> awful people that claim to be managers for every yeah. one amazing one. Yeah. Um, so just be careful, protect your brand. That being said, yeah, do you need one? I have read before, I'm not even going to try to attribute it because I don't remember who said it, um, but a quote that said, any artist who manages himself has a fool for a client, I think is what it said. It would be incorrect. I, I think a manager is an absolute necessity when you get to a certain point. Hmm. I think if, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I think... I think a good rule a rule to kind of maybe live by when you're thinking about whether or not you need a manager is can I manage all of the demands for my time in my business currently? If you can, then you probably don't need a manager because then you're going to pay out 15% for something that you could do on your own. When you get to a point that your time and the demands on your time become unmanageable, then I think it's time to find a manager. Or if you feel, and you're the only person who can really dictate this about your business and your brand, is if you feel you're at a point where it's time to make a serious leap up to the next level, we have what it takes. We've got the songs. We've got the work ethic. We're building a brand that's really working. We need to take a giant leap forward. I think that's the time to get a manager for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, To put it pretty elementary, uh, I think you need to honestly ask yourself, do you have something to manage? Yeah. Like, which is a vast oversimplification, but I, I think it holds true where if you're trying to find a manager for image sake, you don't need a manager. It, it, like if they're, if you're like, oh, we'll look like a bigger band if we have a manager. If that is your number one motivation, you don't need a manager. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, the manager that you find is going to screw you so hard, <laughs> or yeah. they're going to be the kind of person that ruins your reputation because you can't forget the fact that any of these people that you bring into a team. You know, they might be other people to you, but when they go out into the world and talk about you, they're representing your brand. Right. 
So even if you are not in the room, even if this person that you've hired as a manager ends up doing something and is a total dick, they're not just saying, oh, this person is a dick. They've now immediately affiliated that with your brand in mm-hmm. your band or you as an artist. Because if that person works for you, you're probably the same kind of person because people roll with people that are like them. Yeah. And yeah. so you got to be super careful about that. But yeah, really just simplifying what Tom said. If Is there something to manage? And honestly, by the time you probably need a manager, if you're doing enough that actually justifies taking time, managers are probably starting to come look for you. Yeah, you're probably not going to have to look very hard for one if the time is right. And in bands I've been in before, when we were ready for one, I mean, we had them knocking on our door. Because the reality is that's their job. The same way your job is to create and put out music and put out content and play amazing shows and all these pieces. Their job is to manage dope bands that they believe Mm -hmm. can be great. No manager is sitting at their house being like, man, I really want to manage like a super average band that probably only does like some regional shows a couple times every quarter. Mm -hmm. Like the person that is an artist manager is not sitting home dreaming about that. They are trying to find the artist that they believe they can turn into, you know, the next A-list. I I think uh, you mentioned Justin Bieber earlier. I think his manager, Scooter Braun, found him on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And if I'm remembering the story correctly, he had a ton of views. And so he like, like went down the rabbit hole and figured out how to get his phone number. And I think his mom, like Bieber's mom was like pretty off put by it at first. Like who was this random guy calling the house? And he went so far as to like go to Canada and like hunted this kid down and was like, please, please, please let me be your manager. Like that's how enthusiastic he was about it and ended up, you know, getting his deal with Usher and the rest is history. But the like, weekend just tail off for that. The weekend's manager cash. Mm-hmm. I want to say he was in Florida at the time. Literally found the weekend. Wasn't an artist manager. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what he was doing. He was doing something completely different. Yeah. Found the weekend on SoundCloud or something. I think he was on SoundCloud and YouTube is where he first started. Literally got on a plane the next day and moved to Canada. (laughs) Wow. Like, obviously, I'm sure there's some details in there that I'm leaving out. But the big picture was so enamored by, like, how undeniable the -hmm. weekend was. Yeah. That he got on a plane, left his home. With no return ticket, yeah, to a different country, man, <laughs> and obviously the rest is history now, yeah. And I think they're one of the greatest examples as a crew of just like a a complete brand yeah, on all God, fronts. Again, they his team they make really good decisions. Um, which that's a whole other thing. But all that to be said, that <clears throat> if you need a manager, <laughs> yeah, they're coming. Like, yeah. And you shouldn't just say yes to the first person that knocks on your door. No. But I personally think that that's a pretty good barometer in the sense of if someone, if handfuls of people are starting to hit you up and be like, hey, do you, do you have a manager? I'd love to talk to you guys about what you're doing. Once you start getting those people, that's when you should really start thinking about it and then be able to start delegating. But before that, you're just giving away... You're giving, Time, you're, you're giving money, money off the table. control, yeah. and somebody that's going to be a risk for your reputation, which yeah. is the one thing you can't buy. 
I, I, I'm not going to 100% say this is definitely what you should do, but I would almost argue that you should not try to reach out to any manager to get them to manage you. You should let them come to you. I strongly agree. Yeah. I'm not going to say that's 100%. I'll say 100%. Yeah. I will, for okay. sure. Well, Vance says 100%, so I'm going to back him up. I <laughs> I think if you... I don't think it applies to our demographic. I think if you're like legit, I'm trying to think of a good barometer, like C or B level artist, mm-hmm. like you're on regional radio and like, again, people that are probably not listening to our show mm-hmm. and your manager is not performing to the level at which they should be performing. Yeah. And you are trying to make a different move because you're trying to find a better person for the job. And I, and I say this, like, you need to be an artist that has several mm-hmm. records out, has toured a ton of dates, are making money as a band. Even then, it's, you're not necessarily going, I mean, if you, I guess if you know one person you want to manage, you can go to them, but it's almost like you want to put the war, the bug in there and let them come to you. A hundred percent. Like, hey, Terry Management LLC, uh, thinking about making a move, not happy with our manager, what can you offer? And let them come to you. Yeah, or even if you're on that like playing field of, you know, music is a small community. You're friends with other bands. Mm-hmm. So, you know, especially I, I'd say if you're on the festival circuit, that's a pretty good barometer of, you know, you're probably not headlining, but you're consistently playing festivals and in front of pretty large crowds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would almost be putting out feelers to friends and other bands on who's doing the job for them and are they performing? Yeah. Because you're at least at a level that you have the power to be hiring somebody, mm-hmm. not needing somebody. Yeah. Um, but if you're looking for your first manager, I 1000% would say, don't ever reach out. Yeah. Let them come to you. Because even if they like you, they know that you're desperate for somebody else <clears throat> and that you don't think you can do it on your own and they're going to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, be smart. They'll come to you when you're ready. And if, if they're not, if don't worry about missing out on somebody who's a great manager because they didn't come to you. A great manager is always scouring for new talent. If they're looking to fill a spot on their roster, if they're not, then you don't want to managing you anyway, cause you're not going to be a priority. They're not going to have the time. If they're, if they're looking for you, they'll find you. Well, and honestly, to even take it a step further than that, at the end of the day, let's say you find or an amazing manager reaches out to you mm-hmm. that they've got other clients that are successful. You still have to be doing amazing stuff. Yeah. Because I, I think another piece that people forget about, they might have relationships and might be able to facilitate conversations uh, on various things, depending on what your goals are. But if the product's not there, it doesn't matter because people forget that there are plenty of amazing artist managers that have their two cash cows mm-hmm. that everybody's heard of. Yep. And they probably have six other artists that they manage that are not famous. Yeah. That really aren't getting that much more famous. Yep. And they're because, trying, trying to break them. Because, you know, they might like them and want them to succeed, but the product's just not there on the grand scale. Yeah. Um, you know, so still be accountable to yourself. But yeah. managers. So uh 
let's let's take a step uh, forward into business managers. Yes. What is that? I trying to think of the best way to say this. This can be a handful of things because this sort of this starts getting to a point where if you're building this section of your team, you're probably doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. You're probably like regionally successful. You're definitely making money because you're having to spend money on these people. Yeah. Um, and I, I think pieces of the business manager side can end up becoming multiple people. Maybe if it's the right person and you're still on the regional level. Uh, I think it covers a couple of things. I, I think covering your accounting, I think covering uh, anything law related. Yep. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I think probably mostly financial uh, and because it's easy to spend money. Mm-hmm. because people find security in spending money. Yep. And they think that, oh, if we spend money, this will turn into other things. And while investing into the right things can bring great returns, investing into the wrong things can paralyze you and your ability yep. because then you no longer have funds to invest into the right things. Um, so this doesn't necessarily always have to be somebody that's full-time uh, on retainer. I think especially, again, if you're starting out, mm-hmm. these might be the kind of people that you meet with quarterly yeah, just to kind of check up with. And so mm-hmm. I, I think a financial advisor, just to show them what you're doing, where your money's going, uh, somebody that while they might have experience with music clients in the industry, someone that has nothing to do with music, in the performance sense, like these are the people that you want to start getting outside of anything creative in my personal opinion, Mm -hmm. because you want tension. You want finding the center line is usually the best (laughs) between the visionary people that want to do super crazy stuff. And then the realistic people that don't want to take any risk, but still want there to be money in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Usually when those people like sit around a table and kind of collide a little bit, whatever is in the center of that is a healthy balance of something that's creative and exciting, but still fiscally responsible. Yep. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's, it's more of a tier of your business that ends up being a couple people that you probably meet with quarterly Yeah. between financial advisor, just making sure you're not making foolish decisions with your money. Yep. Uh, paired with a lawyer, uh, navigating any deals that you do. Yeah. That, and I think people are hesitant about this because lawyers are expensive, but you will lose far more money in the long run by not having them look over anything that comes your way from, even though getting signed is not usually what we uh, wish on people that listen to this show. (laughs) Hypothetically, let's say you don't take our advice and you want that. You're an adult, you make your own decisions. But a label deal, having a lawyer looking over that, whether you're doing a publishing deal, having lawyers look over that, you know, if you have a movie that wants to place your song, you know, all of these things can be super great, can be financially beneficial, Mm -hmm. uh, and can all be positive. However, 
you didn't go to school to get a law degree, most likely. And contracts are a lot of weird words, usually for like 300 pages. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, and you saving the 400 bucks because you didn't want to spend that on the front end Mm -hmm. to realize that six months from now, you didn't understand what clause, you know, 322B meant. And all of a sudden it was some loophole that you make half the money that you could have been making just because you didn't understand it is not worth that 400 bucks when it could translate to you could have been making thousands more dollars or tens of thousands more dollars. Um, so protect yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's a tier of your business that should be people that you have on speed dial, but aren't necessarily calling every week. Right. Um, but you check in with four times a year just to make sure that everything's on the up and up uh, so that you're sustainable long-term. Yeah. And I think you need to be at a certain level before you really start entertaining uh, getting a business manager or, or getting an attorney. Uh, I think you need to have a manager or a manager manager first. I think that's definitely step one. Um, really kind of in order that we've been discussing it, um, producer then manager, and then you need to think about having a business manager, uh, and an attorney, but like Vance said about a manager, it also applies to attorney and business manager. They need to have something to manage. They need to have something to attorney. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, if you don't have any contracts, then you don't have any use for an attorney. If you don't make any money, First of all, you shouldn't have a manager, uh, but if you don't make enough money to necessitate it, then you really don't need to be worried about a business manager either. I, I would I would argue, though, that in all likelihood, when you get a manager, when you are at that level, you're going to be earning a certain amount of uh, income to begin with to justify bringing on that expense. Mm-hmm. And you are therefore probably not going to be very far away from needing a business manager uh, right after that. Maybe not instantaneously, but pretty soon thereafter, I think you're probably going to be in territory where it's going to behoove you to have business management. I would totally agree. Also with that, I think, not to sit here and be pessimistic and think the worst of people, but especially if you just got a brand new manager that is that cheerleader level that's super hyped on everything. Uh, you know, if you've been in an indie band for any length of time that has been slumming it and trying to like break through and make it to those next tiers of success, you know, you're probably going to be pretty hyped on the first person that mm-hmm. is so stoked on anything you do that it's easy uh, to kind of get like honeymoon syndrome on that. Yep. The same way when you start dating a new person to where being able to have that business manager that is, you know, an analytical numbers, quantifiable information driven person mm-hmm. is going to keep that accountable. Yep. Because yeah, you want to do dope things, but you want to do dope things for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever that looks like for your career. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, spend 10 grand to get on this tour that you're not going to make any money back. And then all of a sudden we can't do anything for the next three years because we spent all our money. Yeah. So now we got to go back to bartending yep. and we didn't think about how we were going to make this, you know, financially viable uh, to where we can do this every year. You know, if you just only have the cheerleader side, so right. being able to have 
the financial person that's like, hey, maybe you should only do like three dates on that tour. Like, it'd be great to get in front of those people. It's a perfect audience for you, but you really can't afford, you know, to do 60 dates with this band. Right. Uh, you know, and do this consistently. Start here, continue to build on that. Like, again, the balance, I think, goes a really long way because if you're listening, your goal is longevity. You're not here because yeah. you want to be a one hit wonder. You're not listening to this because you want to be successful for 15 minutes. Like, our goal here is to help all of you have careers that last, you know, until you decide yeah. you're done with your career. Right. Yeah. I think um, another uh, thing I want to add on about getting a manager. So you're probably going to get producer, then manager, then business manager. It doesn't necessarily have to be the same person you work with long term, but you're going to want to find an attorney when you get a manager because you're probably going to have a management contract. Mm -hmm. Your manager is probably going to have their own attorney. You need to be represented by somebody who's not that. You need to have independent representation from your manager's attorney. If your manager fights you on it, you don't need to be managed by him. 100%. Um, They're not going to fight you on it. It's just a smart move to have an additional set of eyes who works specifically for you to look over that contract. Odds are everything's going to be copacetic. It's not going to be a big deal. They're going to look at it and both sides are going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is fine. And then you'll pay $400 and that's it. But that peace of mind is irreplaceable. And in the event that something is in there that you don't want, they will find it on your behalf. And I think that's a very, very important step. But don't feel like if you find an attorney for that, that has to be the person I have to find the right attorney right now. That's not the case. Also, just a second, what Tom was saying. If you are in talks with a potential manager that has pushback on the idea of having your own attorney look over a contract, that is a ginormous red flag. Yeah. And you should run swiftly the opposite direction and I, cut ties. I would argue that anybody you ever deal with who have, who pushes back on you having your own legal mind look at a contract is not somebody you want to be in business with, no matter what they're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's just to not let you read over it first is, is a sure sign they're trying to cheat you. Absolutely. So don't fall into that trap. So we got a business manager. We got a business manager. Last, last uh, initial team Phase one, we'll call it. Phase one addition would be booking agent. What's a booking agent? Booking agent books your shows, Vance. I thought it was going to be more complicated. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a, bu- a booking agent's usually going to uh, a usually a booking agent's usually going to take ten uh, percent of what they book. Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, we'll take a step back. Uh, a producer's probably going to get paid um, a fee. Plus, they generally are going to take anywhere from two to five points of a record, which is percentage points of the record. So two to five percent of the revenue from that record. Um, Then your manager is going to work for percentage only. And your attorney and your business manager, some some will do the work for a percentage thing. Uh, Some will offer the option to do either pay hourly or pay by by percentage. Um, you really have to navigate that and figure out what works for you. I've, I've been in bands that have done it both ways. We've paid just cash up front for legal advice. And then we've had an attorney uh, on retainer who takes, you know, 5% of everything we make. So whatever works for you. Um, 
And then when you get to booking agent, they're going to be percentage based on the work that they do. They're not going to take 10% of everything. They're going to take 10% of the revenue from the shows they book. Um, Contracts may look different from agent to agent. It may just be ticket sales. It may be um, total revenue for the night based on what you negotiate with the venue with alcohol included or food sales or whatever. It may, merch may be involved. Probably not, but it just Some are it just trying depends. these days. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, what we can guarantee you is that other people are going to always try to take the biggest piece of your pie that they can. Mm-hmm. That's why you need your own legal representation to ensure that doesn't happen at every turn, because next thing you know, you'll be giving away 75% of your revenue across the board and you're working your butt off for 25% of the money that you actually make. And that's no good. You don't want that. That kills a career. Uh, So a booking agent is they're going to book your shows for you. And you're obviously not going to need a booking agent until you're out playing shows. Uh, I would argue that um, if you're doing in town or even regional, you're probably not going to really, really need one for the time being until you get to a point that you're doing maybe orchestrating more complex shows with other bands that are coming from different markets and things like that. Or when you actually start putting together shows that are outside of your immediate area, I think that's when you're really going to want to start looking at a booking agent. Booking agent, in my experience, is one of the tougher things to find because it can be difficult to find a booking agent who is actively working for you. Most booking agents have a lot of artists that they're booking for, and it can be tough to be a priority, not because of not because they're bad people and not because of anything you do wrong, simply because the ratio of booking agent to number of bands that they book for can be very high. So again, you're going to want to try to look hard for somebody who's a big cheerleader. If the, the bigger fan they are of your band, the better. That's really what you want here. Um, and when you do find somebody you like, I think my personal opinion is that it is important to continually be checking in with them to ensure that they're producing results. Um, This is where, if you haven't listened to the goals episode, go back and do that. Goals here are important to be communicated, I think. How many shows a year do you want to play? Tell your booking agent that. We need you to book 50 shows a year for us. We will play in beer taverns or arenas. It doesn't matter. Whatever whatever level you are, uh, tell them that that, whatever you're willing to do, but we need X revenue, we need X shows, uh, and that's what we need you for. Because it is it is easy to slip through the cracks with a booking agent who has 200 bands on their calendar. I think a cheerleader is not enough, okay. uh, personally. I, much like uh, a manager, you shouldn't even think about talking to a booking agency unless they are coming to talk to you. Uh, in my personal experience, yeah. if, uh, if you are not, if you can't say you've played more than a number in the hundreds of shows, you don't need a booking agent. Um, and I feel like some people try and probably push back on this, but here's the thing. You can get signed to a booking agent. Actually, I've got a very real tangible 
uh, band in my mind right now that are some dear friends of mine. That incredible band, incredible management, uh, publishing deals, uh, record label deal that uh, was signed to CAA, which is one of the three biggest booking agents mm-hmm. on the planet, um, in case you've never heard of them. But everybody at CAA in the office locally loves their band. Uh, and has tried to get their band on tours. They have been up for many tours. And even with all of these things behind them, the problem is that they never toured beforehand, before they got this deal. Mm-hmm. They had only played a handful of shows. So even though their record is incredible, like this is a band I love and would listen to even if they're not my friends, um, they, unfortunately, continue to get passed on because they don't have a following. And the reality is even on the C and B level artists, if you can't bring people regionally, there's no reason for them to put you on the show. Now, if you're friends with Taylor Swift and she's going to sell out, you know, arenas and domes and whatever on her own, like there's exceptions that if you're, you know, Y'all went to high school together and you're homies and she just wants to break you like good for you. Yeah. But if you're talking good for you, (laughs) but if you're talking about most like, cool, these are successful artists that might not be on, you know, clear channel radio, but they probably had like one song that did really well. They're selling out theaters. There's still a band that's on their own personal come up and for them to be responsible, they don't just need a band that they like. They need a band that's going to ensure that if they got to 80% of the venue filled by themselves, the other opening artist is going to bring that other 20%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what's smart for those bands on uh business side. And at the end of the day, like, yeah, these people represent artists and have a ton of artists on the roster. And therefore that gives them the power to facilitate these things the band if it's their tour they have the final say Mm -hmm. and even if they're like oh their music's cool but do they have a following yeah if you don't have a history of bringing people to shows the band is going to turn you down it really boils down to dollars and cents at the end of the day just like anything else i mean you got to make sure you're at a level where it's financially reasonable to expect somebody to add you to their bill which absolutely and so we got to put money in their pocket hundred percent. So I guess the moral of all this story is that if you can't sell out or almost sell out club level venues regionally around, you know, within eight hours of your hometown, people might sign you, but you're not going to magically be touring all over, you know, the world hopping on tours just Mm -hmm. because you got a booking deal. Yeah. Even if they like you. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you're still going to have to put in the work and you're going to have to suck it up and play terrible shows and get out there and earn those people. If you want to work your way up. Yep. I I think the, with every one of these team members, I guess we ended up with five because we added attorneys in there, producer, manager, attorney, business manager, booking agent, you have to be intelligent about and realistic, objective 
am I at a level that justifies bringing this person on? Because each one of these additions is someone else in the kitchen. It's another opinion and it's, it's another handout that money goes into. It really is. And I, I hate to keep bringing it back to money, but the fact of the matter is this is a business show at its core. We are helping you. Our goal is to help you build a career as a business, making music, doing what you love. So it really is going to boil down to, is it a financially reasonable, intelligent decision every time? Because if it's not, that kills your business faster than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. Do we miss anything? I don't know. If we did, hopefully y'all will tell us in the show notes or in the uh, comments section, rather, on uh, social media. <laughs> Hit us up. <laughs> Sweet. Well, cool. I think that's it for this week. See you guys next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us. If there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help, you can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. Uh, all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. Uh, the show is here for you. So any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday. Thursday.